0: Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to bring back to the show Redemption Press author, Stacy Light. Last time she was here, she was here as a She Writes for Him bootcamp graduate. And now her first book is launched into the world and it is absolutely delightful. Uh, Just to give you a little insight on the actual book, it's called Good One God. And it is a children's book that helps children and adults look for God doing amazing things in creation and in everything around us. So Stacy Light was born in Dearborn, Michigan, grew up loving animals, nature, and books. She worked as an elementary school teacher and literacy curriculum facilitator for 15 years before becoming an adjunct professor and then a supervisor in the education department at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. She lives with her husband Rick and their rescue dog Bella in North Carolina. They have two grown children and Stacy treasures time with her two grandkids and loves reading, baking, and snorkeling at the beach. So let's roll that conversation all right so i would love to welcome back to the show stacy light thank you for being here stacy it is great to have you on again
1: thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be back
0: you bet the first time you were on it was as a boot camp graduate sharing your romans 828 story and this time you're back with us just because we're celebrating your new book Good one, God, and super excited to just hear your story, what what you had on your heart to be able to help children grasp what a good God he is. So to start out the All Things podcast today, I would love to have you share, you know, it may be the same Romans eight twenty eight story, it may be a different one. Uh, whichever one you feel like would be an encouragement to those who are listening today of how God has worked in your life in the past when you weren't quite sure how he could possibly do it.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I shared last time about um, a situation where when I was a teacher, one of the parents of one of my sixth graders started stalking me. And so um, we, I told you the whole scenario at that time, but um, the whole point of that story was that God allowed me to get through my fear and anxiety, um, which had become pretty debilitating at that time, because, um, you know, when you lose control of everything in your life and someone else um, bears control over your life, or you feel like they do, um, yeah, it's it's very, it, it puts fear in your life. and um, so I spent a lot of time during during those almost a year, almost 12 months, really feeling like I was out of control and actually didn't go to the Lord for quite some time about my fear and anxiety and I went to man-made type of things like getting a security system and you know using the police as um, tried to keep me safe, things like that. But what I realized was none of that was taking away my fear and anxiety and um, man-made tools and, you know, things that you can buy. Don't take away fear and anxiety. It's only God that can take away fear. So it it took me a while to realize I was looking in the wrong direction. But but God brought me to my knees truthfully and uh, allowed me to see that I needed to go to him. And, you know, after some time, everything was resolved and, you know, the story came to an end and, and it was, it was difficult. I'm not going to say it was easy, but God helped me get through a really difficult time and lean on him and um, get up every morning and still do my job and still smile as I taught sixth graders and find a way to find peace and joy during the day. Um, even though I had really debilitating things going on in my life. And yeah, so I just want people to know that whatever they're going through, especially with fear and anxiety, because I've had it in, in multiple circumstances with that Romans eight twenty eight story and, and actually another one as well, where I had fear and anxiety. Um, so that is something that happened to me twice. God has uh, allowed me to come to him both of those times. I think he was trying to teach me some lessons. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: uh, yeah, twice. And- and were both of those times before the pandemic, which gave us all an opportunity to struggle with anxiety and fear?
1: Yeah. And I'll say that I, I literally can say I had and I still don't have any fear or anxiety over it. It just this um I really have not. And I, you know, I've been cautious. Um, I've I've researched, I've read things, um, but at, at the end of the day, I know who is in control and I know that he holds my future in his hands. And I know that, uh, you know, if something happens to me, I will be with him. And um, there's no greater gift than that. So, um, you know, it brings me peace. And I've it's taken a while for me to learn that. But, <laughs> but honestly, yeah, it's been a really wonderful gift that he has given me.
0: Well, and what a great opportunity for, you know, because People are watching us. How are we going to respond to all of the mayhem and the chaos and the division yes. and the fear mongering and all of that? Yeah. For you, I mean, what a open door conversation starter for someone yeah. to notice that about you, and for then you to be able to share those Romans eight twenty eight stories that actually taught you what you're living out now. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. My first story was when I was young, and I had a physical, um, a problem. I stepped in hot tar. And so I had a major, um, concerns with my feet and burn. So I was terrified at a young age that I wouldn't be able to walk well again. And so that was fear and anxiety and didn't have control of the situation because my parents and doctors were in control of that. Um, and so I lean, had to lean on them. Um, but I learned to not fear because my parents were Christians and taught me to pray. Um, But then, you know, as I grew older, I still had that in my, I guess, in my DNA a little bit where I was still a little fearful, still a little anxiety over things that I couldn't control. And when I went through the other situation with the stalker, those same things came back. But I really think that God, through that one, um, allowed me to see that he totally is in control because that one became, in my mind, a life or death situation. And and I had to... um, just give it all to him at that point.
0: Mm, I love that that yeah. he that he could use something that bad yes. to teach you such a life giving lesson. And yes. wow, wow, that's our Romans eight twenty eight God. So <laughs> yeah, so talking just kind of moving toward the book. Yeah, good one, God. What mm-hmm. inspired you to write this story?
1: Actually, it was just a simple moment in the car with my son when he was young. Um, I was doing something a lot of moms do and just pointing out the beauty in nature as we drove in the car on the way to his hockey practice early in the morning. And I happened to see just the most glorious sunrise. And, um, you know, there was oftentimes I'd point out flowers and beautiful trees and things like that because as a young boy who was so caught up in sports, I wanted him to have an appreciation for other things as well. So I pointed out the sunrise and, um, in that moment, he, um, actually paid more attention than he normally did. You know, normally it was like, okay, mommy or whatever. Um, but he was really looking and we started talking about how the sunrise was moving and changing and the colors were moving and it was oranges and pinks and purples. And it was really one of the most beautiful ones I've ever seen. I wish I had a picture of it now. Um, But he looked out the window and just with a really innocent, sweet voice said, good one, God. And it just, it really took my breath away. And um, I remember sitting there for a minute, just like silent and thinking, wow, that was really powerful. That he really totally expressed what I was feeling in that moment that God Almighty could create such artwork in front of us, but he put it to words. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what a powerful phrase. So um, we started using that phrase in our home. Like if someone got an A on a calc test or, you know, something else great happened, we'd say, good one, God, for helping us, you know, or, you know, anything that God helped us with or something beautiful or, you know, a new baby was born to a family friend. You know, it was just a beautiful way of giving God, you um, you know, the glory for all the beauty that he creates in the world um, and the good things he was providing for us. Um, so I started, you know, having this uh, marinating in my head for quite some time about creating it in a book. And um, it took some time for me to really come around to an idea of like, how can I put this into book form? But as I started thinking about how I would weave that idea together with, you um, Some true memories of um, my parents when they would take my kids fishing when they were younger. And my parents lived on the Gulf Coast in Mississippi. And, um, you know, they would just take them out in a little john boat for the day. And, um, you know, and then they started out in a little john boat. And, you know, my parents got a little bit nicer boat. And, you know, but the kids didn't care what the boat looked like. They just wanted to be with grandma and granddad. And they always just wanted to fish with them. And they just wanted to spend the day with them. And my parents were great about teaching life lessons and talking about God and talking about his creation and talking about um, everything that my children should know. So it wasn't just me parenting them towards being a Christian. It was my parents also. Um, So that was such a gift. So I thought it'd be a great legacy to write a story that would weave together some of those stories with the Good One God message. And so that's how that phrase was woven into the book. And um, so it's been really great because my parents really enjoy reading it too because it brings back memories. Yeah, but it's such a great, um,
0: for really kids of all ages and any age. Yeah. Wrap their head around, hey, good one, God, look what you did. Which gets him, like he's getting credit where credit's due. And so often we don't give it to them. And that's such a simple way to do it. And it's yeah. it's one of the, it's a catchy way to do it. It's, it, it, you know, you can remember yeah. that. Yeah. And what a great way to just sow that gratitude into children and yeah. adults, really.
1: Yeah, it's been fun because, you know, I thought this, this book would be a children's book. And what I'm finding is that um, quite a few adults have bought it for their children and said, I'm going to have to buy another copy because I have to keep this one for myself (laughs) (laughs) because they end up saying, I really thought it was a children's book. And now I'm, I read it. And I was like, you know, it really taught me some lessons about having gratitude and joy in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think with the, with the pandemic going on, a lot of people are needing that right now. And so I've had four or five people tell me I purchased a book, but I'm, I'm keeping this one for myself and I'm going to, I'm going to buy one for my grandkids or my kids. And that just brought me so much joy to know that it was hitting an adult audience too.
0: Absolutely, I love that. So what is unique about the Gulf of Mexico as a natural environment?
1: Well, you know, for me growing up, it was just where our family memories were made. But, um, you know, after I researched as I got older about what the environment really gave, I, I didn't realize until I was older that Half of our oil industry is in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, And the other part that I think is really interesting is that half of the Gulf of Mexico is shallow. And so, um, you know, when you think about the ocean and the the depth of the ocean, oftentimes you think about that layer of the ocean floor where we don't really know what's below that one depth where, you know, there are some creatures there We're just like, we don't know what's under there because it's so dark and so deep. But the Gulf is actually... They don't have areas that are that um, that deep. So they know what lives in the Gulf of Mexico because they can get cameras everywhere and it doesn't go that deep. So the awareness of what's in those waters um, is, you know, is much more, they're much more aware of.
0: Wow. So how does exposure to nature, God's creation, help mm-hmm. children to learn gratitude?
1: Well, honestly... I I think two ways. I think one, it teaches life lessons. Um, anytime you walk out into nature, you can see life in a nutshell, you know, you can see, um, life and you can see death. You can see, um, you know, the full life cycle of animals. You can see, um, animals caring for one another. And, um, you can see parents of, um, animals taking care of little babies. Um, But even more so than that, um, like I love the fact that science and research shows that nature um, for our health brings our heart rate down, brings our stress level down. It brings our blood pressure down. And so, you know, not only are we learning gratitude for what God has created, but it's good for our health. So it's great for us to spend time in nature. And, you know, it sounds silly to say this, but they say deep breathing out in nature is good for us digging in soil is good for us because it allows us to build our immune system um, so I just think that God has created nature to be so much more than what we see at its at its you know very simplest level I think there's a depth to it that we'll never know until we are with him
0: so so what are some ways that we can actually help children learn about the stewardship of the earth especially we've got lots of people who live in Urban environments. Yes. What's the best way to navigate that?
1: You know, as a teacher, I I worked in some urban environments, um, and one of my r- most recent teaching experiences was in an urban environment, and that was difficult. Um, so our school put together a garden for the students. We taught them how to garden, and then we also taught them to um, to reap the benefits of the garden and give it to the community members. Um, but because They didn't have as much nature and trees around them there wasn't as much um, large trees and things like that we we had those butterfly gardens brought in we um we did those tadpole gardens where you can literally buy the tadpoles and watch them grow into frogs and then we would um you know just all of those kinds of things that um teachers can do but parents can do it um there are so many websites and it's not expensive um and i know a lot of homeschool parents are doing that right now too um, and bringing nature in, but honestly, I love just going out and picking up different leaves and having kids, you know, rub them with a crayon with paper and looking at the textures and loving it all, the looking at all the differences and the characteristics that God has made, because none of these things are alike, just like snowflakes, where they're all so different, and I think the compare and contrast becomes very interesting about nature.
0: Hmm. So, In what other ways would you say children can praise God besides with words?
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, my granddaughter who is three, um, makes up songs all the time and I love listening to her little songs, but I think anyone can do that. You know, I, when I was young, I used to make up songs all the time. They didn't make any sense and they weren't any good, but, um, I still sometimes will make up songs in the car. Um, and as a teacher, I think that comes naturally, but I think kids, can sing to God. I think he would find that just more than delightful to hear little children singing to him or adults singing to him, um, especially about the beauty of everything he has made. Um, but I think, you know, teaching kids to pray and teaching them to pray um, to to God as if, you know, they're just talking to him because we want him, them to have relationships with them and not um, think of him as someone that's, you know, not tangible. We want him to feel tangible to these children of ours. And um, so I think, you know, talking, um, writing letters to God so they um, feel like they can write to him when they don't have the words or when they're upset, writing letters to people or to God, I think is a wonderful way to um, get their feelings out too.
0: And that's teaching them, that's starting them on the road to journaling.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah we, know we love that.
0: Love that. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love that. Yeah. So, so what kind of nature items could be brought indoors, especially for those unable to get to a body of water or a forested mm-hmm. area?
1: Right. Well, I mentioned the butterfly gardens and right. the amphibian gardens. Um, but again, I love just bringing in, you know, acorns and making art with things that you find outside and, um, And I like doing collages with kids and then having them do poetry about the different items they pick up and glue on paper. Um, And, you know, having them write poetry, I think, is great because there's no right or wrong with poetry. Um, So they can just really put words down. They can rhyme. They don't have to rhyme. Um, So, you know, kind of the sky's the limit with poetry. And I love that about poetry. And I think most kids tend to get a little nervous around poetry. But if they do it at an early age and realize there's no right or wrong, and it's just about putting their thoughts on paper, then um, then they learn to love it, actually. And so I like to start with that when they're little, because um, I feel like it's something that they can continue as they grow older, and it can grow and blossom.
0: So if you can't go to the forest or the water, you can write about it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we have so many things at our fingertips now with Google and, um, you know, books. You can go to the library where you don't have to pay things. You can look at, um, pictures, you can look at magazines and make collages and you can, you know, really find something almost anywhere. You just have to, um, be willing to look and persevere and, and, uh, as a parent, especially just be willing to ask around and ask other people for help if you need it.
0: I love that. Yeah. And we- Lord, help me be creative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Creativity is fun. Yeah. So not all grandparents are in a position to take their grandkids out on adventures in nature. What are some other ways that children can develop healthy, loving relationships with their grandparents?
1: You know, I love that you asked that question because, um, it's true. Not every grandparent has a boat. Um, and you know, my parents didn't have a, an expensive boat, but they had a little boat. But honestly, it wasn't the boat and it wasn't the fishing. It was the time. And I remember my grandmother used to say, time is a four letter word, just like love. And T-I-M-E equals L-O-V-E. And, and so um, my parents and my husband's parents did that with my kids. Um, they very much put the time in to create excellent um, relationships with my kids and they pray for my kids. Um, If they're, I mean, and they still, even now my kids are grown. They'll call them and say, what can I pray? You know, how can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. Um, If they had something going on in high school, how can I pray for you? And now as adults, rather than my parents calling them and saying, how can I pray for you? My kids are now returning the call and saying, hey, grandma, I've got something going on. I need you to pray for me. So they've learned now I can trust them with my prayers. I can trust them that they will pray for me because they are praying people. Um, And so I really believe that it's not about where you take them or how much money you spend. It's about time and just love them, love them, love them, love them. You know, kids need love. And we see it in the schools all the time. And most of the problems and most of the behavior problems in, in the classroom, once you start loving a child, showing them unconditional love, they will start behaving in the classroom. And I do believe that's so true with with grandparents and parents. You know, we know kids sometimes have things that we have to work on, but truthfully, I think love and compassion uh, and just time is the most important thing.
0: So good. Um, so
1: if we, as we're wrapping
0: this up, yeah. if you could think of a tip or a tool to help those who are listening kind of mm-hmm. remember god is always working behind the scenes mm-hmm. looking for you know all the things that we struggle with to bring good out of yes what what would you share with our listeners today to help them hold on to the reality that he even when we can't see it he really is working things out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose
1: right well, I truly believe that nature is our daily sign, that God is right in front of us because um, nature changes every day. Um, and if we can't feel or see God or hear him, we can see the things he has created and the, the things he has put right in front of our eyes. And um, so honestly, some of the things that people have told me after after reading this book um, is that they get up and the first thing they do in the morning is they decide that they're going to find one thing every day to say good one God about. And that is actually one of the things that I've done is I've said, no matter what happens today, I will find one good one God today. I will find something that I can praise him about because there's always something. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time there's many more things than one, but it has been a blessing because I've started writing down those little things now, like, today's, this is what I found today. And this is what I found the next day. And um, it's been a lot of joy. And And now I've got some people that are, will share them with me. They'll send me a text and say, this was my good one, God, today. Um, and so that has been bringing me joy when they send me those texts as well, because I know that it's bringing them joy to just have read the book and just to have that new phrase in their life.
0: Absolutely. And it just makes me happy. Yeah, and to have that fruit from that simple little exchange with your son you said that (laughs) and then here comes this story and here comes this book that now is changing the way people think and think about their day and look you know you one thing I've learned is whatever we look for we're gonna find it and it, it could, you know, it could be, yeah. oh, it's going to be a really bad day. You know, we, if that's what we're looking for, that's right. know, we'll Absolutely. get to we'll see that. And so to true. have that simple story that is just so delightfully illustrated and so beautiful, be a conduit for the Holy Spirit to just get people looking in the right direction. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's, you know, I just was hoping it would really touch children's hearts and, Um, and bring them closer to him. But um, one person at a time. Yeah. Well, you got big kids and you got (laughs) little kids and they're both getting it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Praise God.
0: I love it. So if we have some folks that are listening today that want to maybe connect with you online Mm -hmm. or on social media, where's the best place to do that?
1: Uh, My website is StacyLight, L-E-I-C-H-T.com. Um, And uh, that's where my blog is. And you can find Good One God swag. You can buy my book there. Um, Pretty much anything I'm doing, you can find out about And any speaking engagements that you would like me to come to. I would love to talk to you more about Good One God um, and how you can change your life thinking about God in that way. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. It has been absolutely a delight. Thank you for having me. It was great. You bet.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.